0: I've never shied away from controversy. If I think there's something right to do, I do it. And I went into this with my eyes wide open. I knew it would make some people upset. But that's okay.
1: From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie tracker, Trump tracker. I don't, I don't know.
0: Donald's a great guy, but I just don't think he's suited to be president of the United States. We're not picking an entertainer in chief. We're not casting a TV show. I am proud to be here to endorse Donald Trump for President of the United States.
1: I'm David First. Since he ended his presidential bid and returned to New Jersey, everything has been quiet for Chris Christie, an uneventful stretch of quiet reflection and a rededication to the issues affecting New Jersey residents. And that's the intro I might read in some alternate universe where Christie didn't become the biggest so-called establishment Republican to endorse Donald Trump for president. Depending on which article you read last week, it was either the most shocking thing the governor has ever done or not shocking at all. The governor has struggled to provide answers about his support for Trump uh, on ABC's This Week on Sunday. Donald Trump and I are not going to agree on every issue. But this is and the and signature it, issue of your listen, campaign. But doesn't mean that you have to agree on every issue, George. And at a Monday news conference back in Trenton about a state Supreme Court nomination, Christie refused to answer any off-topic questions when New Jersey reporters asked about the endorsement.
0: Good try at an off-topic question, but you, you have been stopped from your off-topic question. Enough.
1: He did address Trump on New Jersey 101.5's Ask the Governor show. Elections are about choices.
0: And my choice is Donald Trump. And I, if it if it is that, which it is, then I don't keep that stuff to myself. And I'm not a sit on the sidelines guy and try to not make something happen.
1: So here to help us make sense of the governor's endorsement and his future plans is New Jersey Public Radio's Matt Katz, also the author of American Governor Chris Christie's Bridge to Redemption. Welcome back. Thanks, David. So Help us make sense of this, Matt. Uh the ending of your book keeps changing. Yes. What do you make of this? What does New Jersey make of this? Well, we you remember last week we were figuring out what we were going
2: to talk about on the tracker this week. Yeah, what's and, there to talk about, you man? know? If, well, Chris Christie always comes through, doesn't he? Okay, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> this was um it it was a surprise and it wasn't a surprise. I was not surprised by the fact that he did it, but this was a secret trip that he took to Texas to make this endorsement. There was no leak in advance. His public schedule indicated he was in New Jersey. The governor's office, the taxpayer-funded governor's office, told us he was in New Jersey. Was that all a misdirect,
1: or was the inner circle
2: unaware of... I have since found out that almost everybody was unaware. That his inner circle, um, some members of his inner circle were, were shocked by this, um, and others, as we will talk about, were upset by this. Uh, he went there in secret, took a Trump plane during Thursday night's Republican presidential debate, shows up in Texas, and finds himself on stage with none other than Donald Trump.
0: He will make sure that people around the world know that America keeps its word again. Donald Trump is someone who, when he makes a promise, he keeps it.
2: And it changed the narrative of the moment, which was Trump had just gotten beaten by Rubio in the debate the night before. And now all of a sudden, it's Trump getting his first bona fide establishment Republican endorsement from none other than Chris Christie.
1: Now, you mentioned some people upset by this. Tell
2: us who. Um, Those in his inner circle who were upset by this and saddened by it um, don't want to have their names attached to that. They're still loyal to the governor. They still like the governor. There are others who have gone on the record saying that they cannot believe this happened, including Meg Whitman,
1: the former California gubernatorial candidate. The campaign finance co-chair for uh, Christie's uh, now suspended presidential campaign. She called it an astonishing display
2: of political opportunism. Uh, Christie Todd Whitman, former Republican governor of New Jersey, the the. She said, I am ashamed that Christie would endorse anyone who has employed the kind of hate mongering and racism that Trump has. You'll notice it's women, Uh, women over the weekend after the Friday endorsement were the first to step forward with their names and to call out Christie for backing someone whom they consider a sexist and a racist. This has had widespread reverberations and it's unclear if it really does permanent damage to the governor's reputation as somebody who is a different kind of Republican who you know reaches his hand across to deal with uh, African Americans, Hispanics, Muslims. Um, there's been Muslim American leaders in New Jersey who used to support the governor who were absolutely offended by this. Uh, it it's, could have ramifications for who knows how long.
1: Well, once upon a time, Christie was supposed to be this big tent Republican, right? He was going to bring a, a new diverse mix of voters to the Republican Party. He worked hard to win Hispanic votes in New Jersey. In the past, he made a big deal about uh, defending Muslim Americans.
0: The folks who criticize my opponent to Sahel Muhammad are ignorant. They're criticizing him because he's a Muslim American.
1: He uh, said Trump's proposal to ban all Muslim immigration was absurd.
0: This is the kind of thing that people say when they have no experience and don't know what they're talking about.
1: He mocked Trump's plan to build a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border.
0: Please, 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 not a wall on the entire 2,000 mile border, okay? It's too expensive and it makes no sense. None at all. I don't care how beautiful it is. I heard that again last night. We're going to build a wall that's going to be beautiful. Do you really care whether it's beautiful or not? I want to know. Because somehow this seems to be something that Donald thinks is a selling point. That it's going to be beautiful. You know it'll have his name on it. That much you know for sure.
1: Right? Now, uh, speaking with host George Stephanopoulos on ABC's This Week, Christie says, hey, Trump can build a wall.
0: The answer is he will do it. Um, the, fact is, you know, the, the fact is that he's going to have to answer that question.
2: And he will. There's no question this decision was made entirely based on politics more so than policy, right? I mean, he literally opposes all of the major policy proposals from Donald Trump. He would make fun of Trump's wall proposal on the stump in New Hampshire so much that it was part of his 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 speech to every town hall meeting. He'd use he'd make fun of Trump's voice. He said the proposal to ban Muslims was an indication that uh, Trump had no experience. He talked about how he was an entertainer in chief, and then he had the gall to tell a reporter who asked him what happened to this entertainer in chief uh, bit. Why do you think he's somehow you know qualified? Now he said, "Well, how do you know I was talking about Trump?" I mean. He clearly did not make a decision based on looking at Trump's, you know, policy booklet and say, oh, yeah, those are some good ideas I can get on board. Uh, even his closest advisors told me he was picking a winner.
1: And, and that dichotomy on their policy issues and, and how recently Christie has been mocking Trump was on such graphic, painful display in this interview uh, with George Stephanopoulos on ABC. That was the
2: roughest interview I've ever seen Chris Christie give on television, and I have seen every
0: interview Chris Christie has ever given on television. <laughs> I'm sure you
2: have. It was
0: incredible. We do not want Hillary Clinton in the White House. He's the best person to beat her, and he's the best person to help to, to do America what? Safe. I just
1: point out three of the biggest issues in this campaign, the ones he talks about all the time. You disagree with him on all those issues. So when you say he's going to do what needs to be done, what exactly are you talking
0: about? Well, well, so I'm talking about a whole bunch of things. First of all, George, we haven't even touched on the economy. And what is somewhat
2: ironic about that is that Stephanopoulos... Team Christie thought would be the softer mark for him in this interview. Um, I was told by by a source that Christie had an interview scheduled with Jake Tapper on CNN uh, for Sunday morning, but. Christie canceled it Saturday night, which is highly unusual in the rarefied world of Sunday morning talk. And he canceled it because his advisors got wind of where Tapper planned to go with the interview, which was to uh, ask Christie to explain some of these more controversial Trump remarks. After uh, Christie canceled on Tapper and did Stephanopoulos instead, and he ran into a buzzsaw. And there's one other tidbit here that I wonder if it's related and I wonder if it indicates um, the nature of what's going on in Christie's political world right now. The interviews with Tapper and then Stephanopoulos were set up by the Trump campaign, not by Maria Camella, who has been one of, if not the most important advisor to the governor and has been his chief media minder since he first ran for governor seven years ago. And she was not involved in coordinating these interviews. And I wonder if the fact that she was not involved in the rollout of this endorsement contributed to the fact that there were so many stumbles
1: and things did not go very well. Now, Christie is asking Republicans in New Jersey to support his candidate, Donald Trump. Are Republicans in New Jersey, donors and supporters, going to fall in line with the governor?
2: We've heard from the uh, Assembly Republican leader, John Bramnick. He apparently is going to fall in line, but um, I will tell you there's deep anxiety Lower down the food chain in Republican circles in New Jersey about what to do. Uh, There's a desire to be loyal to the governor out of either personal history folks have with the governor or because of fear that the governor will retaliate against them. But there's also concern that they don't want to be aligned with somebody many Republicans in New Jersey believe is a bigot. Uh, The the Republican establishment in New Jersey was really starting to coalesce around Marco Rubio, and uh, now they would have to switch gears and move over to Trump. And it's really going to be a test of Christie's strength in the state about whether he can get moderate New Jersey Republicans to get on board with with the Trump presidential candidacy.
1: And all of this means, of course, that Christie is going to be spending... More time out of New Jersey. Uh, I, I, it was Friday morning. The The Star-Ledger ha- had a piece on the front page. It was called, uh, you know, the final tally on the governor's time out of state. And uh, it, later in that day, after the Trump announcement, I, I was looking back at that uh, little headline there, the quote unquote final tally. Doesn't sound like uh, we're finished with that tally. No, no
2: question about it, we're not finished. I was watching Christie uh, in San Antonio, Texas, this weekend at a rally, uh, introducing Donald Trump, and the look of thrill and excitement in the governor's eyes to be speaking in front of tens of thousands of adoring fans, uh, a crowd far larger than anything he saw in his own presidential candidacy, uh, it's intoxicating. Uh, I was told that he was getting uh, a- antsy tr- back in New Jersey. That he was itching to get back out there. Well, it was for more than a week, Matt. He, he was gone for he was out of the spotlight for, for uh, twelve days.
1: That's that's uncomfortable.
2: My Twitter feed struggled so mightily, David, <laughs> and that's what this is really all about, Matt. It has really uh, been <laughs> redeemed, and I'd like to thank
1: Mr. Trump and Mr. Christie for giving Matt Cat's new relevance heartfelt. Um, if we're looking at a President Trump. How much of a lock would Christie be for a role in that administration? I think there's no question about it,
2: that he would get an offer for something. I think there's only a few jobs he would want. He, he would be offered maybe attorney general. Somebody floated uh, the idea to me that he could be a chief of staff in the White House, uh, where he'd really kind of be able to direct a lot of things. Um, somebody said, Secretary of State, maybe. Who knows? Um, I think um, that Trump owes Christie to some degree. As rough as this rollout was, Christie gives Trump some legitimacy here. He got a real elected, popular Republican to support him relatively early on before Super Tuesday. It's a big
1: deal. New Jersey Public Radio's Matt Katz, thanks again. Thanks, David. We'll watch your Twitter feed closely. Please. This is the Christie Tracker Podcast. I'm David first. For more on uh, Christie's endorsement of Donald Trump, we're joined now by Jennifer Rubin, who writes the conservative right turn column for the Washington Post. Welcome.
3: Nice to be here, David.
1: Last week, a- and it seemed like it arrived seconds after Christie's announcement, you wrote a blistering column uh, on Chris Christie's quote, despicable endorsement of Trump. Uh, You wrote a later piece with the headline, Chris Christie is now ruined. You took this endorsement hard.
3: (laughs) Well, I think many people did. I think it was in an age in which you can never be too cynical, one of the most cynical acts um, in recent memory. If you recall, Governor Christie had run on a principled platform of entitlement reform, he had derided and decried Mr. Trump's plan to ban Muslims from coming into the country. He had described him as uh, temperamentally lacking uh, the qualities necessary to be president. And yet, as soon as he's out of the race, he turns around on a dime, endorses Mr. Trump.
1: Now, now it, it's, it's fair to say you were an admirer of the governor, right?
3: I clearly was, and I've interviewed him more times than I can count, really, um, going back to 2008 when he was first beginning to run for governor. Um, I took an interest in him because I thought he was smart. Um, he was a Republican reformer um, in a very blue state, obviously, um, and so I certainly took an interest, and in, he seemed to be in some ways the model for what Republicans have to do to win outside deep red strongholds. And the reason I think why many of us reacted so strongly to Mr. Christie, as opposed to, for example, Jeff Sessions or some of these other characters, is that we're very much convinced that Governor Christie knows better. He was able to articulate and identify Mr. Trump's flaws. He understood all too well what a dangerous character he was in terms of targeting immigrants, in terms of his language. Um, And yet he chose to do this anyway.
1: The publisher of New Hampshire's union leader, uh, uh, Joseph McQuaid, says, uh, boy, were we wrong to endorse Christie in the state's primary. And certainly many people were shocked by this endorsement. But but others say that this was classic Christie, a cold, calculated political move. And we're not surprised. Do you think you read him wrong?
3: Uh, Obviously, I did. Obviously, many people did. And uh, kudos to those people who had his tune from the get-go. You know, it's a tough business politics. And even people who try to be principled have their detractors. But in this case, um, whether coincidentally or by great personal insight, uh, they had him pegged. Um, And I think perhaps those of us looking from the outside, did not appreciate the depths of his personal resentment, which I suspect fueled a lot of this. I think he so wanted to be in the limelight. He so wanted to be a winner, so wanted to be on the public stage um, that he threw everything else away. And of course, he'll get neither. He'll get neither his the respect of people who previously respected him. And he is, of course, not going to get anything out of this because there's no way on God's green earth that Mr. Trump is going to get to be president of the United States. Um, He's already behind Hillary Clinton. He already has huge unfavorable ratings. Um, And many Republicans, um, me included, will never vote for him.
1: Well, this week on his Ask the Governor radio show on New Jersey 101.5, Christie uh, really downplayed the endorsement. He, He said that he and Donald Trump did not talk about any possible role for him within a Trump administration. He says, you know, he does not agree with everything Trump says, but... Of the people who remain on that stage, I think Donald Trump's the best guy, and I'm not an on-the-sidelines guy. He's not a guy who sits on the sidelines. So if, if Christie sees a Trump win as inevitable, is it possible that he thinks it's better to be involved than not involved, and that, you know, maybe... He might be able to do some good, you know, steer Trump toward better decisions if if he had a role. I don't know that anybody could steer Trump, oh, but, that, you know, if he had a role. You
3: know, listen, he admits himself um, that he has known Trump and he is friends with Trump. Certainly he knows that Donald Trump is going to listen to no one. Certainly he understands um, the character of Donald Trump at this point. So if he is saying that to himself, it's pure Delusion um, and of course, at some point, I know I hate to bring in morality doing the right thing, but one everyone in the country republican Democrat, has to ask themselves, do they want to collaborate with this effort? do they want to empower, do they want to help in any respect an individual who is So absolutely um, antithetical to the spirit of democracy, to an inclusive society. Does anyone really want to cooperate with this? Even if it is fruitless, you resist. You do not lend your name to this man. You do not assist him in any way. We know what Mr. Trump is. He is, frankly, um, coming right up to the line of fascistic. He's threatened the press. He has stated his views on immigrants. He's refused to denounce the KKK and David Duke. We know who this guy is. He's just not another politician. He is something of a different breed. And um, I think everyone is going to be judged by how they reacted to him, what they did. What did you do when Donald Trump was threatening to take over a major political party and run for the White House? And I think anyone who has in any way encouraged this, cooperated with us, is going to be judged very harshly by history.
1: Having said all of that, Jennifer Rubin, if it comes down to a general election between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, who do you vote for?
3: My hope is that there will be a third party of some type or a third party candidate. But if that fails, if there is literally no one on the ballot, but Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, I think I and all good Americans would have to vote for Hillary Clinton.
1: Well, there it is, uh, the, the Hillary Clinton endorsement, courtesy of Jennifer Rubin. Oh, now
3: you're going to ruin <laughs> me the of life, aren't you?
1: <laughs> Jennifer Rubin writes the right-turn column for The Washington Post. Thank you for joining us today.
3: My pleasure.
1: The Christy Tracker Podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, thanks to associate producer Joseph Capriglione. Our theme music is by 29 Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christy Tracker podcast on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook. And you can follow Matt Katz at MattKatz00. That's Matt Katz 00. That's Matt, K A T Z. I'm David first. And uh, oh, yes, Mr. Trump, do you have uh, any words for the governor before we wrap up? The George Washington Bridge. He knew about it. Hey, totally knew about it.